Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. <gasps> Pretty Scary Boo! Caitlin's back! Yay! Yay! I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. What, where, where were Caitlin's you? Caitlin's back. All right. Oh, I just yeah. needed a vacation. Yeah, sure. We I, get it. I mm-hmm. needed a vacation. My vagina needed to work harder than it ever had in my whole life. <laughs> so we were, I was busy in two different ways. Yeah. 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 I've caught up on all my reality TV guys. Good. So I Good. know about Good. all the housewives. So now we can finally, we have something to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. Um, I'm Team Dorinda for everybody listening. Yeah, I like there. Team Dorinda. Me too. Sure, sure. And it's it's almost Christmas. <laughs> it is almost Christmas, which is crazy. It's December. We're recording this in December. It'll be mm-hmm. it'll be sometime in December when this goes up. Mid, I love that. Mid December, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the year's almost over. We're recording a shitload of podcasts this week, and then taking the rest of the month off. You. This is the first of. I think 18 podcasts I have to record this week. Yeah, you tweeted about it. I sure did. I want people to know. I want people to know what we go through. Because it's not just recording, it's also researching, editing. Researching, editing, uploading. Yeah. It's going to be a week. But then I get to go to Wisconsin and do nothing for a week. Well, that's all you can do in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a mandate. Pretty much. Especially this time of year, right? There's nothing. What? Do, do you do people ski in Wisconsin? I don't even know. I certainly do not. No. Okay. Yeah. The, I just have family there. My mom lives. I there. know in the summer you can go to the Dells. Other than that, I think Wisconsin just closes down as a state. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Good. Madison is up. fun if you like drinking. Right. Oh, because drinkers for sure. State Street is fantastic. It's this long. I think that like, and it's most, so much cheaper there. I think yeah. that most places really, really, really count on. Drinking being fun, yeah. Because otherwise, oh, yeah, there's for nothing sure. else to do. I mean, what do you do in Wisconsin? Yeah, if you're sober. No, oh, nothing. You sh- you, you you move fish or some bullshit you, like maybe that. Maybe you get really into Tony Robbins. Like, yeah. but then where do you? What do I you feel do like with you're that? always secretly trying to sell people on Tony Robbins. I'm not secret about it. He's awesome. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You've watch, seen the Netflix documentary? Yeah, it's fantastic. Really great. Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> weird. Yeah, he's weird, but it's he's great. He's like The Rock. Like yeah. don't don't try to tell me the rock is a normal person. I don't I've yeah. never gotten the sense that Tony Robbins was doing what he's doing for bad reasons. Like no. even if he's making a shit ton of money, I feel like he actually believes the shit he's saying. Well, it's and, not a religion. People know they're paying money. He doesn't yeah. like ask people to move to a commune. It's fine. I, I used care. to think that Joel Osteen was a good person, but I have a very bad picker when it comes to men. Oh, uh, as sure. we all know. Well, I think I think anybody trying to become a famous religious figure right there is an oxymoron. Like when you yeah. when you attach yourself to the gospel of Christ and you're a millionaire, we've got yeah. There's just a problem. Yeah, it's not a pursuit that is supposed to lend itself to celebrity. No. And when it does, it starts getting weird. 
which uh, leads us into what we're talking about today. <laughs> Seamlessly. The beautiful cigar girl. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the patron saint of yeah. smoking things. That's the that's the episode we're doing now, right? The beautiful yes, cigar it is. girl. So I was telling them that I think just right off the bat, I just want to say that I bet the cigar girl was annoying. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You think she was? I said no. Okay. I think she's beautiful and misunderstood. But you and I always differ on this. So I, it feels like a real person now. <laughs> Like a person, like like you and I will be like, oh, I'll be like, oh, she's annoying. And Carrie will be like, I don't mind her. I don't mind her, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. okay. So. Because I like to have um, pretty things in my life. Oh, there it is. You so, do like beautiful things. Yes. And people. In this, I only like to have attractive friends. Thank God. In the cigar girl, I don't know if I mentioned, beautiful. Literally yeah. known. <laughs> it says the beautiful cigar beautiful girl. Beautiful cigar girl. Which the this origin. is this is interesting. This was one it's, of the is. first true crime cases. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it was like every crime committed in history was true and actually happened. But this is one of the first crimes that turned into a big media circus, and people right. were speculating. That's on what happens how it was when solved. beautiful people are involved. People care. People care more about beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, like if true. John Benet Ramsey had not had all that hairspray, no one would have cared. Right. Yeah. No one yeah. cared about that poor little girl. Well, plus yeah. there was money. There no, were pageants. I, yeah, and her parents were weird. She was a kid. Her parents definitely killed her. It's a very specific. Yeah, I mean, there's like ransom that. or the brother son. definitely killed. Yeah, her. I think the bro- Yeah, the brother. I think the brother did that one. Nobody can explain the pineapple stuff in her stomach. I know. Mm-mm. Nobody. The pineapple in the milk. <laughs> in the milk. Um, bad combo. Uh, yeah, that is gross. But anyway, so let's talk about the beautiful cigar, allegedly beautiful, which also, by the way, when when there's pictures of people from like the 1800s and they're like, she was gorgeous and they show a picture. I'm like, she was not that yeah, pretty. She well, looks I mean, like someone that would be haunting a, a building now. day, probably five. Yeah, but you're right. But so back then, she, I'm sure, with was inflation. in 1841, <laughs> 10. Got it. Yeah. That makes it with deflation. I don't know. Is that I think how that would work? I'm just saying. I'm yeah, sure I think yeah. it'd be deflation. I, I think with with looks, yeah, yeah. So let's. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this though, Caitlin. They didn't have right. lip sense back in the day. Oh, yeah. If, if you don't lip have lip sense. sense, we crush lips. You crush life. <laughs> lip sense. Is that? Well, yeah, I job. hope they hear this and that they are our new sponsor. Them and Segway, because you can apply it as you're on a Segway. Yeah, that's their whole. <laughs> yeah, I think now all it's of a our spray. All of our sponsorships should just start piggybacking functionally <laughs> on top of each other. So it's like you could, yeah. So we need like yeah. a good cup holder now, uh, a good personal fan. We just want to be to the point where we're doing like a good five to six minute intro for each episode. That's just plus. No, I just yeah. no. I think now it would just be great if we could just film somebody segueing down the street, holding everything that's our sponsor, and then we <laughs> right. just post that on the website. And then it's juggling it. Yeah. So lip sense. <laughs> What if they were wearing like one of those Velcro costumes and everything was just Velcro to them? <gasps> that, I love be, that that would be great. And too. then if at the end he like threw the segue aside and then just leapt onto one of the Velcro um, like a Velcro wall. Yeah, exactly. And then we set him on fire because yeah, it's pretty totally, scary. Because it's flame retardant. Yes. Right. But we don't I don't, won't I don't know think that. we say retardant anymore. Retard, <laughs> retardant. Yeah. Come on, we do. Carrie. Don't Well she didn't say flame it. deficient. <laughs> wow. It disables flames. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway. (laughs) All right, here we go. So this happened in the summer of 1841. Police found the body of New York City tobacco shop worker Mary Cecilia Rogers. Great name. Float. That is a that that it's a great name, but also definitely the name of someone who got murdered in the 1800s. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely found that lady in the river. 
yeah. probably a Springsteen song about her you somewhere just, now. Like see the Ghost Hunter show, like oh Mary Cecilia Rogers was <laughs> once employed here in the building behind me. She was a very attractive woman. Smash cut to a very average looking <laughs> picture of this lady. She was found at approximately. I'm done. Floating in the Hudson River. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad place to float. Probably even back then. I bet it was worse back then. Well, it was worse back then. Because we think, oh, there's so much more pollution now. No, they had pollution then and didn't know it was pollution. But theirs was like... Let's put this black water in with this blue water. Yeah. There was what? Like coal mining yeah. juice. So <laughs> coal juice. Coal juice, yeah. yeah. So this, she was floating in the coal that's, juice. That's what's definitely broken down the ozone. Fish. Is uh, the coal juice. I'm with I'm with Carrie on this. Cold juice bad is bad. Cold bad. juice is bad. It's bad That's, for water. I don't know. It's yeah. bad for plants. Don't even be in talk. one of those bottles with the skull and crossbones. Fuck on yes, it. it would. Yeah, and don't even talk to Al Gore about cold juice. Don't. He gets all wound up. Yeah, that's <laughs> he why he lost the election. He had a whole other PowerPoint devoted just to about cold juice. Cold juice. Silent killer. Yeah. <sighs> the media nicknamed her the beautiful cigar girl. And the case drew national attention and inspired Edgar Allan Poe to do some investigating of his own. What a fucking busybody. Jim Morrison of his time. Yeah. yeah. He later claimed... Wait, Jim Morrison? Why is he Jim Morrison? Because he was. He did a bunch of drugs and he wrote poetry. Oh, yeah, but Edgar Allan Poe was good at it. Jim Morrison was a dipshit. Was Edgar Allan Poe that... I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> was like, Jim Morrison that awful? As a person, yeah. Well, like no, the, he seems like an awful person, but I think he was like an okay artist. No, yeah, I like the Doors. So there you go. I mean, yeah. that's all I'm saying is, yeah. you know. Yeah, they were, they were both probably unbearable to hang out with. with yeah. Jim Morrison. I get where she's going. Oh, yeah. It. Edgar yeah. Allan Poe was an annoying man. Oh, yeah. I, I, you could, I'll probably fight you about banged this. tons of cigar girls. Yeah. Probably. But this was just the one beautiful one. Including this right. one, I bet. Well, no. Maybe Well, not. maybe. Maybe not. So he later claimed he had untangled the riddle of her death and wrote a story called The Mystery of Marie Roget. That story became a true crime prototype, which featured amateur sleuthing, a female victim, and gruesome descriptions of violence just like we love today. Anybody that tells me ever again that our podcast, White One True Crime, is devoted to pure smut, I will simply cite the fact that it all started with Edgar Allan Poe and they can go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Thank you. Literary. Yeah, literary, literary smart. I'm a cigar girl. I am. Oh, <laughs> Mary Cecilia Rogers. Let's talk about her. Great. Quick. She was the victim. She's more than just the beautiful cigar so girl. Not Marie Roger. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Her Marie. French uh, alter ego. Her French yeah. alter ego. Mary Cecilia Rogers. MCR <laughs> was born in 1820 to Phoebe and Daniel Rogers of Lyme, Connecticut. She was their only child, but Phoebe's sixth child. Damn, Phoebe. There were five other from a previous marriage that ended after Phoebe's first husband died of a sudden illness. Phoebe's life would be continued to be filled with tragedy. By the time Mary was 14, three of Phoebe's other children had died, and Daniel was killed in a steamboat explosion. So clearly, MCR's mom is just cursed. But you know what, though? I think people died left and right in New I York agree. Yeah. Then, or, or wherever they were at this point. I, I'm sorry. Like, if you get on a steamboat, like you're basically saying that you want to die. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. I would I would agree I, with that. I mean, it's a sad life, but I think everybody had sad lives yeah, in nothing the was 1800s. Safe. Like, it, it just was not. Well, when I first read it, I thought you were saying Mary was 14 and had 
and three of her children that she'd already had. I was going to bring this up. I was slightly confused. Right. I had to read it a few times, because, but I was like, oh, I think that's how they did things back then. Like, she had her first child <laughs> at nine. And I was like, wait, did she even have her period by then? I mean, it. I got stuck on that sentence for a while. Yeah, I that, did that sentence was written strangely. I mean, look, Harry and I are both relieved to find out that she wasn't having children at nine. Yeah, especially Correct. not three by the age of 14. Right. That would be insane. Not good. Yeah. Uh, so the family had been well off before the accident, and they remained in respected social circle- circles, but Phoebe struggled to make ends meet as a single mother. Lazy piece of shit. Right. In 1837, Phoebe, now 60. Come on, why are you having I, kids this Phoebe, old, Phoebe lady? is kind of like... Uh, um, um, like a weird, like miraculous kind of person for this time. She's 60 years old. Yeah. She was cranking out kids at 40 43? something. Then? Yeah. That's dangerous now. It's You were oh. lucky to be alive at 43 Agreed. back then. Yeah. And she's still cranking out kids. That's nuts. And uh, yeah, so they moved from Fiji. <laughs> Fiji. Good. Phoebe <laughs> and Mary moved from rural Connecticut to New York City. New York, New York, it's With a hell Mary of a town. At the sweet, succulent age of 17. She was mm, succulent. She was succulent, as we will come to find out. Mm-hmm. Adjusting to their new lives proved difficult. They were used to being respected members of social circles, but in New York, they were nobody. Yeah, it happens there. Fucking nobody. Big city. After moving to New York uh, for the first few months, Phoebe and Mary lived with 25 year old John Anderson a former business partner of Daniel Rogers. He was a successful New York businessman and owner of a famous tobacco emporium located just north of City Hall. But how did they end up living with this guy? I don't know. I am very weirded out by this arrangement. Because she's 17, he's 25. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she was kind of just pimped out by by everyone. Yeah, by her mom. I mean, her mom knew sex sells. Okay. I mean, I said I don't get it, but you're right. That's probably what happened. Like that makes she's struggling. She has six kids, so she's putting all of her eggs into the beautiful cigar girl basket. Yeah, makes sense to me. It's a winning basket. Mm -hmm. After a year living in New York City, Anderson approached the beautiful Mary with the idea of employing her at his tobacco emporium. I want to bring back emporiums. Yeah, tobacco emporiums were great because you walk in and it just smells. I would love to go to a wine emporium. Yeah. Because Emporium also, to me, suggests samples. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? Try it out. See, like see a Costco like. kind of situation for wine. Right. You could just charge a cover. Yeah. Like, you can just come and, and quote-unquote, shop here for seven bucks. Or you well, can... I think that's kind of wine tasting. Yeah, I know. But an Emporium would be, like, a lot more casual. Like, yeah. They wouldn't be bugging you with the notes. And be like, like in a, a warehouse so they'd have more stations. Yeah. Carrie, we should start this. No, Let's I'm go to a shop buffet. No, my wheels are turning. Yeah, this is a really good idea. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do this. This is our new business, guys. White Wine I'm, True Crime I'm into Emporium. It. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> and Emporium. White <laughs> <laughs> Wine True Crime and Impor- Ampersand. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Emporium. It, it, it just and Emporium like we're Russian. <laughs> <laughs> and Emporium. Uh, he planned to use her beauty as a way of attracting new customers and enticing the old customers to linger and stare at the beautiful young woman. They're, Nothing creepy about I that. I know. They're encouraging ogling. It's so sad. Just put up some fucking posters, dude. It's Hooters. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, I this suppose. Is, this is a cigar store. It's Sir. It's Hooters. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's whatever. Shout like, out to Hooters Chicken Wings, though. Can we just put it out there that I'm Hooters sure the does cigars, have good chicken wings? I'm sure the cigars were just, you know, Playboy, Probably come good. read our articles. It's the same thing, guys. Yeah, come on now. That's true. 
the Emporium was a prime meeting location for judges, high-ranking city officials, newspaper editors, and authors. So right there, whenever I hear 1800s, powerful people, beautiful woman, I'm like, she's she, going to get gonna murdered. She's going to die. Yeah. She's going to die. It's like, which one of these dudes is going to murder her and get yeah. away with it? Yeah. It's like a really- Anyone's guess. R- like, it's, it's like a captains of industry version of Clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, only, it's always the same victim. Uh, one of the, the Scarlet. Fr- yep. Yeah. One of the uh, frequent visitors, though, Edgar Allan Poe, along with Washington Irving and James Fenimore, all frequent patrons of the shop. Who are those two? Uh, you know, writers, probably. <laughs> yeah, they're both writers. Yeah. You said it with such conviction. Because I knew I wouldn't know who they were, but I figured one of you two would know who they were. They're writers. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I didn't I didn't do these notes, so I don't. That's okay. You don't I don't, I don't know anything about any anything that's happening here. Okay. I've, I've just been outed as a fraud. I'm sorry. I'm leaving. <laughs> just Google it, Adam. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. Alexa. <laughs> she can't hear you. We do need Good. a mic, Alexa. We should. Yeah. Earlier, when you asked Alexa. What a bitch. I know. I asked her if huskies are good dogs, and she said no. She just flat out said no. <laughs> she was not apologetic we at all. We should try to film that again. Like if we, I'm going to try to film it with my phone. We're going we're gonna to ask again, because that is the funniest thing. No, huskies are typically not good indoor animals, or whatever the fuck she said. Alexa's a fucking downer. Yeah, she was yeah. definitely team golden retriever. And when yeah. you say thank you, she doesn't say shit back. Yeah, she's like, you know what? She's like a waspy Dude. Connecticut housewife. Like, Alexa, what's the best dog? Oh, golden retrievers. <laughs> oh, um, they're kind of expensive. Oh, well, I'm sorry you asked me what the best dog was. I just well, I, I looked it up on Goop and it said yeah. golden retriever. Uh, so. Alexa, is my rescue husky a good dog? Oh, no. 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 No, no. that bitch. <laughs> rescue, not a purebred? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's answering. She's out there sassing. Is she? She's sassing back. Oh, winter looks so sad. Oh, oh puppy. man, we're we're gonna talk to A about this. We're gonna. I'm filming it. Get that broad in line. Anyway, Anderson's plan worked. Men flocked in droves to chat and flirt with Mary. And fucking hell, there was a poem dedicated to her visage in the New York Herald in night in. Uh, this must be 1830. Yeah. Yeah, somebody wrote a poem. Edgar Allan Poe. This was a poem that appeared in the New York Herald in 1938. It doesn't say who wrote it. Oh, okay. She moved amid the bland perfume oh, God, I that hate this. breathes of heaven's balmiest style. First of all, nobody <laughs> likes cigars this much, but go ahead. Her eyes Very had phallic. starlet's azure gloom and a glimpse of heaven, her smile. Only people with bad facial hair use the word azure. Yeah. Period. Yeah. End of story. I like the way that you a read that. A tip of the fedora, m'lady. Gross. Ew, he's probably... Ew. Yeah, this, this that's is who like this guy was. gross steampunk shit. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, shortly after beginning work at the cigar shop, Anderson moved to a different home, and Mary and Phoebe moved in with Phoebe's sister, but the home was within walking distance of the cigar shop, so she continued working there. She can never leave. <laughs> <laughs> Late in 1938, the cigar girl with, quote, the dainty figure and pretty face went out and failed to return. This is a weird part in the story. Very weird. Yeah. Buckle buckle in. Her mother discovered what appeared to be a suicide note. The New York Sun reported that the coroner had examined the letter and concluded the author had a, quote, fixed and unalterable determination to destroy herself. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. But then a few days later, Mary returned home alive and well. She had been, as it turned out, visiting a friend in Brooklyn, 
The Sun, which three years earlier had been responsible for another hoax, was accused of manufacturing Mary's disappearance to sell newspapers. Isn't that crazy that it's like you're... I don't want to say just a cigar girl. It sounds like a very esteemed position. But it's like, <laughs> if I went missing, what, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I don't was, think the Times is like, I'm I don't know, going to give a shit. I agree with you. I think that it's almost like, she, I'm but trying it's to marry. But I'm trying to compare her to someone. And it, the closest I can think of is like, the Kardashian honestly, every time? yes. Like, yeah. she's a, she, it's like she's yeah. a reality show star. Like, yeah. she's literally just famous for going to work. Yeah. Like, not even for being a model. She just works at a place and is pretty. So people are like, oh. Can you imagine what it's like to be that beautiful that you can be so irresponsible that you don't tell your work or your mom that you're going to be in Brooklyn visiting a friend for a few days? That sounds great. Mary gives zero fucks. Yeah. She's that pretty. She doesn't have to. Zero fucks Mary. That's what they called her before she got murdered. I'm telling you guys, she's annoying. Yeah, I'm sure she is. Uh, I don't think she's... Anderson was suspected of being in on the scheme for after Mary returned, his shop was busier than ever. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's unclear if Mary was in on the hoax, but unlikely because she was quite upset and troubled by all the publicity surrounding her disappearance. Says Mary. Says Mary. She had previously found her work at the shop unenjoyable, but when she... No, enjoyable. Oh, enjoyable, yes. But when she returned, she found it unbearable and overwhelming. Oh, please. Yeah, you just had to stand there, Mary. And let people stare at you. Yeah, o- I mean, get ogled by old men. I sh- it does sound pretty terrible, though. <laughs> yeah. I'll give her that. Can you imagine, though? Like, what's your schedule? It's kind of like, okay, Mary, you're going to be on second shift from 2 to 10. Um, you can take your 15 at 4.30. <laughs> like- Honestly, the only, like... All I'm hearing in my head over and over again is when Betty Boop was the cigar girl in Roger Rabbit. Like, cigars, cigarettes. Like, that's all I'm hearing. I don't yeah. know what this job is. Yeah. Just like holding a tray of cigars and moving around. Yeah. I wonder if that is what she did. Did she walk around and. That's what they. That's what. That's what I'm guessing. I mean, yeah. there's the bar. Or she just sit there. <laughs> I would like to just sit there. Yeah. And if oh, people I would, come to me. I would definitely want to be moving around. I would not want to. Sign over I would that says cigar girl. you get trapped. Yeah, I'd want to be like, oh, sorry, I got to go sell cigars to the senator. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> get away. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, clearly you're having a hard time deciding. That's fine. I'll be right back. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cigar girl. Oh, cigar girl. Anderson even raised her wages considerably. So she agreed to stay, but she continued to feel uncomfortable. Even after the publicity died down, throngs of men would continue to flock to the store to leer at her in the shop or through the storefront windows. In the spring of 1839, she left the shop after her half-brother returned from overseas after making a small fortune either in business or by illegal means. Oh. It is unknown. Mm. Her half-brother bought a boarding home for his sister and mother to run and ran out. That seems dangerous. Just as the women were financially secure and comfortable, tragedy struck again. The brother was killed in a tragic accident at sea. Anything water-related. Super bad in the 1800s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially this family. Yeah. This was a bad water-related family. situation. Mm -hmm. They should stay away from the water. Mm Mm-hmm. Life at the boarding house began to present Mary with the same problems she had at the cigar shop. Because, like, there you can't leave. Like, you you live at the no. boarding house. So it's not like, like the cigar shop she could go home. And at the cigar shop, it was her job to sit and get stared at by creepy old men. Here, it wasn't. But traveling businessmen would just come through and go, Ooh. And then would they ejaculate? 
Say, I want to touch your boobies, see? I mean, I think like 50 years prior, they were just getting to see ankles. So I'm assuming the guys yeah. were still pretty eager about everything. Yeah. yeah. You I'm, know? And it was like back then, you know, there was no filter on the things they would say to her, probably. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. There's no filter now. Or to her nag of her mom if she acted up. I don't know why I assume everyone. They did. Before like 1950, that's their had voice. That voice. No, that's what yeah. they sound that like. That's, they yeah. all sound like that. I suppose that's fair. I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> I was just thinking of like, if I were Mary, I would develop like tactics like I would sell the cigars but leave the matches on the other side of the room. <laughs> like all the lighters were uh, like on the opposite side. <laughs> so you could buy a cigar for me, but you'd have to light up over there because right. I don't know. I'm just thinking of survival tactics. Yeah. But in this case, I got nothing. I don't know what the hell she's going to do now. Well, one thing she's going to do is get engaged to mm-hmm. Daniel Payne. That's what I would do, actually. Good good job, I yeah. guess. I don't know what Dan's like, but... She managed to find love. He was a cork cutter and boarder in her mother's house. In case you're wondering, yes, a cork cutter is a person who cuts corks to uh, make Noble bottle job. stoppers. Noble profession. Respectable middle-class profession back then. We'll need cork cutters. We should bring back cork cutting to our emporium. Oh, yeah, that should be a yeah. thing. That could be like an artisanal booth. Yeah, mm-hmm. hand-cut corks. You know? Yeah. You could get your initial burned in the top. Yep. We'll bring back monogrammed items, because that was a big thing in the 1800s. Oh, yeah. I love it. Monogrammed corks. Yeah, and we should only have, like, gas-powered lamps. Okay. Really bring it back. Yeah. Just oh, keep the overhead low. I like it. Low, low, low. We should all get typhoid. One of those <laughs> old-timey diseases. Can I right. lose the Spread baby weight faster with typhoid? Yeah, typhoid's sure. the one where you poop a lot and stuff. Yeah, right? I'm sure. Yeah, that's good. It would... Just the weight would fall I'm, off. I'm going to go for the whooping cough. Whooping cough? Yeah. Really? That's going to be annoying on a podcast. Or Maybe. Polio? I don't then, think you want no, polio. No, no. A club Pol- foot? No. Po- gout? Polios. Okay. Cu- gout? I've had gout before. Okay. <laughs> well, now I feel like you're <laughs> bragging. So clearly you survive. <laughs> yeah. Not to brag, but I have had an old woman's <laughs> disease in my big toe. So it was just from drinking too much wine and eating shellfish. Uh-huh. How have I not had gout? Wait, what are the symptoms? Do you, I have it? I, I woke up feeling like I somehow broke my big toe in my sleep. And it lasted for about two weeks. And then for a few months after that would just flare up every once in a while. And it's like some buildup of So acid. you knew? like? Yeah, I knew. Uh, I mean, Well, I went to a doctor and they were... Actually, no. I was in New York and I went to a comedy club and this guy who ran the comedy club also had gout. And I explained, I told him, man, I just woke up. My toe feels like he's like, bro, you got gout. Wait. So another comic diagnosed, diagnosed me with gout. <laughs> and I started doing all Can the we things have you do. Diagnose illnesses in our emporium. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. After they're set, they do it. That's their crowd yeah, work. We're going to give them like a, a peanuts, Lucy like kind of <laughs> booth that they can come up and just, everything's charged a nickel. Perfect. <laughs> I they, like it. What do I have? Oh, you've got uh syphilis. Three symptoms. Three sea symptoms. lice. You got, you got scurvy. <laughs> wow. We never see scurvy. So let's talk about the murder. On July 25th, 1841, Mary announced plans to visit relatives in New Jersey and told Payne and her mother that she'd be back the next day. That night, Mary ventured out. A severe storm hit New York, and when she failed to return the next morning, her mother assumed she'd gotten caught in the bad weather and delayed her trip home. But by Monday night, Mary still hadn't come back, and her mother was concerned enough to place an ad in the following day's sun asking anyone who might have seen Mary to have the girl contact her as... Quote, it is supposed some accident has befallen her. Foul play was not suspected. Honestly, it's it must have been so exhausting to talk back then. 
Oh yeah. Like uh, you could just say like my daughter's missing. I think something's wrong. It's it is supposed. No, I'm, t- it I'm is, tired. It, like it is supposed some accident has befallen. Yeah, I'm her. tired already. Yeah. yeah. No one wants to talk that oh. way. Uh, and also, if you saw that in the paper after that whole hoax with her going missing before, I'd be like, whatever. Right. We're not fucking looking for her again. Shame on me. No, shame on Fool you the me first once. time. Yeah, shame, shame on, on you. Shame, shame on me the first time. And the second. Fool me twice. <laughs> won't, that's get, how it goes. won't get fooled no, again. Shame I, on me all the time. That's on a sign in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> in calligraphy. Good. Yeah. What is? Oh, shame on me the first time. Fool me <laughs> again. Oh. And nope. Nope. And then it's still Edgar, my fault the second time. Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> that is an Edgar Allan Poe quote. Most yeah. people don't know that. Yeah. He was a he was a master wordsmith. So on July 28th, uh, some men were out for a riverfront stroll in Hoboken, New Jersey, as one does. That is, I mean, men definitely still go on midnight uh, yeah. river strolls in New Jersey in packs, but it's that's in Paris is burning. Right. Yeah. All of this is yours. <laughs> Town and country. Sorry if you haven't seen that. That none of that made sense. <laughs> Rowing out in a oh, uh they noticed a bobbing figure out in the water. Jesus. Rowed out in a small boat. I don't know if they just had a boat with them on their There's walk. There's always a boat. Or if they yeah, were just like there's a boat, a let's dingy. row. Yeah. And uh they dragged what turned out to be the body of a young woman back to shore. Crowds gathered, and within hours, the body was identified as Mary's. That looks like the beautiful cigar girl. It's the cigar girl, it is. It's the beautiful cigar girl. The beautiful cigar girl. It's the beautiful cigar girl. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Beautiful cigar girl found dead in the river. (laughs) The coroner's results immediately showed that she had not drowned, as some had suspected. This This is brutal. Yeah. According to the coroner, her dress and hat were torn, and her body looked as though it had taken a beating, he also noted she was not pregnant and, quote, had evidently been a person of chastity and correct habits. Oh, my God. So, I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> and then, always like, giving me these? And then, I know, and I looked right at you. And then underneath, uh, you can just write, like, JK. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. And then the program's going to say, fool me the first time. <laughs> totally my fault. Totally my bad. Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. It's going to have all of these quotes that I want starting. you to put on my tombstone crossed out. Just, just credit yeah. the person of chastity and correct habits to Poe. <laughs> no, okay. no. That's just, no. It, no, it's going to be like, <laughs> Carrie was a person of chastity and correct habits. Everyone said that. <laughs> said everybody. Including everyone. Edgar Allan Poe. Trust yeah. me. I'm just happy that your funeral ceremony is finally coming together. That's the thing that I had. Where I don't really... want to be uh, in a funeral pyre. No, I know. We got to stuff like... you. I know all of it. It's fine. You want to look like you're Set at the party. Sea. Yeah. There's a couple different versions that somehow somehow I have to set Carrie out to sea and have I'm her buried die. in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yeah. That makes sense. Because <laughs> I'm going to come back in a yeah. tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> she also, as she's dying, wants me to take her down to the ocean and put her on a we're beach gonna, chair. Yeah, we're going to sit in beach chairs. <laughs> as you're dying? Yes. I have so many things what to do. What if you don't make it to the beach in time? Well, well then it, that's on me. You know what? <laughs> you die at, before Adam, the beach chairs? That's She's asking me, me for a reason. I will get her down to the beach. Don't worry about that. It'll get done. That's a good point. I make things happen. I agree. <laughs> Hell or high water industries. Right, right person. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's the name of your company? Yeah. Yes. That is good. <laughs> I That's am not bad. That. Yeah. Yes. That's not bad at all. That's my LLC. I like it. So she also had bruising on her wrists and bruises in the shape of a man's hands on her neck. What causes that? 
Uh, I don't know. Okay. Probably uh, desiring the touch of a man is, too much. Is that uh, a gout symptom also? It. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. It's, it's like a s- subconscious Got thing. It. She, uh, because she was so chast and, I mean, kind of prudish, if we're being honest. Yeah, it's her. She yeah. fantasized about right. the touch of a man so much. It I hear women put um, the marks on her neck. Who work at Hooters get that all the time on their yeah. necks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the coroner also found a loop of lace knotted tightly around her neck as if it was used as a tool for strangulation. God. The examination also concluded that she had been sexually violated, her undergarments were not properly placed, and she had bruising on her genitals. I feel like lace isn't a strong fabric, though, right? It sounds more painful than effective. It sounds like a pretty way to be strangled. It's, it sounds like a fetish thing. It's To me, it sounds yeah. like there was some, some yeah. fetish or shit going on. Or a crime out. of convenience, because I feel like they were laced up head to toe. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the coroner concluded that the attacker's final act was to rip a piece of her dress, tie it around her body, and use it to pull her to the shore of the Hudson, where her body was to be dumped. The Herald, the Sun, and the Tribune all put Mary on their front pages, and no detail was too lurid. Graphic descriptions of Mary's body appeared in each paper, along with vivid theories about what her killer or killers might have done to her. I'm surprised they didn't include pictures. Did they have photography back then? I mean, they did, but it would have required, like, setting up. Not, like, on the Hudson. Yeah, it would have been, like, setting up a big fucking tripod and a dude gets under a hood and yeah. No. And then yeah. it's like cloudy in town for the next four hours. <laughs> Everybody's going. shot a big puff. Oh my of- God, I looked right into the flash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blind. People are falling into the river because they can't see. <laughs> uh, so immediately following the discovery of her body, New York and New Jersey officials began arguing over whose responsibility it was to investigate because neither side wanted to take on such a hope, uh, high profile case. So they wasted a bunch of days with that. There were uh, fuck-ups in the investigation. Eventually, the New York City police take the case, and suspicion falls on Daniel Payne, obviously. He's the, he's the, the husband, the, or the fiancé. Yeah, fiancé, I think. Yeah. Uh, he was a notoriously heavy drinker and had a temper. That sounds like a good time! Woo! <laughs> Yay! Phoebe had previously begged Mary to break off the engagement and find a more suitable match. But he produced an airtight alibi for his whereabouts during Mary's disappearance. But that didn't stop the New Yorker from suggesting that he'd had a hand in Mary's death. Fake news. Always. Always. Except when it's real news. And it might have been in this case because they never solved it. Another plausible suspect was William (laughs) Keacock. Fucking cuck. (laughs) What a horrible last name. That's a terrible name. Even with the the relevance of cuck now, Keacock is not... That yeah. sounds like something a bird does. Keacock! Like, oh, what's that bird doing? Oh, that's when the bird keacocks. It's yeah. part of the mating series yeah. of what, yeah, no. At least it wasn't William Cuckold. Yeah. That's true. At least his name wasn't Keith Keacock. Like a strong K. That would have been Carrie uh, yeah. Keacock. Carrie. Carrie Keacock. Carrie. Keacock. Keacock. He was a 22-year-old sailor who was stationed on the USS North Carolina, which was docked in Brooklyn. Police arrested Keacock on August 5th. <laughs> Largely based on the fact he stayed at Roger's boarding house while he was on a two-week leave from the ship. Eh. But he had also remained in contact with Mary, and the police suspected that he kept a romantic relationship with her. They had relations. Oh. That that still also could mean that Daniel Payne did it. Yeah. If she's having Mm -hmm. an affair, I don't think the guy she's cheating with is going to kill her. 
That's usually not how that works. Yeah. But he uh, he denied they had a relationship and was able to prove an alibi. It's that sweet, sweet cigar girl pussy. <laughs> that should be it just, is that, yes. Yeah, that should sure. be just a sound bite. It's going to be the name of this episode. <laughs> sweet, sweet, that cigar. sweet, sweet cigar girl pussy. Mm, Alexa. Welcome to Prince. <laughs> Alexa, what do you know about sweet, sweet cigar girl pussy? Damn Aww. it. Aww. Such a little cunt. <laughs> Eating foods rich in sugars. Yeah, That's how you get sweet pussy. Yeah, sure I is. guess. I guess. Did she really just? <laughs> she just answered. The, she'll answer. She's got a, we... got an answer for you. <laughs> oh man! Uh, another oh. suspect, Joseph Morris, was a successful engraver on Nassau Street. He had previous run-ins with the law after his wife sought protection from him due to domestic violence assaults. Do you know how hard it would have been to get domestic protection back then from your husband? He must yeah. have been a real monster. Right. Like, right. Yeah. like for the cops back then to be like, oh, no, we got you. No, that is. Yeah. I he mean, must have like beaten her within an inch of her yeah, life. Yeah, for her something. to not have gone to a mental institution for trying to get a protection order yeah. against her husband. Yeah, that's crazy. He had to be a real piece of shit. On July 25th, three days after his wife filed... What I'm saying is it's probably him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> so sure. He left for a business trip in Hoboken. He returned days later claiming he was late due to the storm. I am going to use that from now on. Well, why are you late? Oh, the storm. Storm. Yeah, yeah. it hasn't rained here since last February, Caitlin. But when it does, boy, does this I'm shitty... Gonna ride, I'm going to ride that moment out, and no one's going to be able to say anything, because the conviction in my eyes when I just simply say it was a storm. And we all know how L.A. gets when it rains. Storm. Yeah. It does get awful. Yeah. I'm just going to say global warming in response. I don't see why not. You can't argue it. After being confronted by his wife for being late, he slapped her and left. Yeah. She again went to police. The police sought Morse for questioning, but could not find him. Uh-huh. His assistant claimed he left town. To add motive to the case, witnesses had said that Mary was engaged in a romantic tiff with Morse, plus... Morris had previously spent time at sea and would be accustomed to tying sailors' knots like the one found in Mary's bonnet. Well, then, why are we even having this conversation? It was clearly this guy. Yeah, I think so, too. A sailor's knot? But. But. It, it, gets, it gets more interesting. Agreed. Uh, his engraving shop. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. Totally. Thank you so much. <laughs> Agreed. His engraving shop was located close to the Rogers boarding house and he'd frequently visited Anderson's tobacco shop. Although Morris had reportedly gone to Hoboken on that Sunday night, he did not have an alibi, and nobody knew of his specific whereabouts. Once found and detained by police, Morris stated he was with another young woman that night, and they were stranded in Staten Island. The woman reluctantly corroborated his story, and he was let go. She was scared. Uh, Yeah? I don't know. Could have been. No, I think it's him. Maybe. It's either that or somehow this is where Woody Allen got the plot line for Broadway Danny Rose. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Uh, it's also theorized that she'd been caught by a gang of criminals. This idea was given further credence later that August when two Hoboken boys were out in the woods collecting sassafras for their mother, a tavern owner, when they found <laughs> several items of women's clothing. Do you need sassafras for a tavern? Is that what, why they threw oh, that maybe in? Maybe their mom sucked. Yeah, could be. What's sassafras? Is that a flower? I think you make root beer out of it. Yeah, something mm, like that. It's a spice like of some sort. Uh, the Herald reported that the clothes had all evidently been there at least three or four weeks. They were all mildewed down hard. The grass had grown around and over some of them. The scarf and the petticoat were crumpled as if in a struggle. But the most suggestive item was a handkerchief embroidered with the initials M.R. 
And of course, this thicket where her clothes were found uh, became something of a tourist attraction. People... Do we know it's her clothing? Yeah, room? we don't know for sure. Because I, I feel like a lot of women could have been murdered in, in the woods back in the back in 1841. Right. <laughs> like months later, in October 1841, Daniel Payne decided to visit the thicket to see it for himself. He stopped at a nearby tavern for brandy beforehand and was like the party. Woo! <laughs> he was. F- he stopped at a nearby tavern for brandy beforehand and was found a short while later asleep in the thicket smelling of booze. Yeah. A local police officer roused him and sent him on his way. Shortly after, he was found dead on a God. bench. It was later revealed that he died of a laudanum overdose. He'd taken the powerful painkiller at the field. Some people point to his overdose as proof that he killed her and was racked with guilt. Uh, I think it's the other way around. I, I, You know, if Miles died horribly... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. Do you yeah. think that you would remarry? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I would just oh, try to. not funny? <laughs> I'm just thinking I'm... of next steps. I'm... <laughs> Look, I'm helping Carrie plan her funeral. Yep. Carrie is helping me plan the worst case scenario, plan B <laughs> in my life. I'm just saying like lots of people kill themselves after their spouse dies. Yeah. Especially if they or die, they die like of a that. broken heart. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. So, so the... I think it's that Morse guy. This, this theory, I think, is interesting, too. Uh, one year after Mary's death, the tavern owners whose children found the clothing was accidentally shot in the knee by one of her sons while he cleaned his shotgun. They tried to clean the wound on their own, but days later it became infected. Her sons finally called a doctor as she writhed in pain and was succumbing to infection. On her deathbed, she claimed she was haunted by Mary's ghost now you're talking right now you're talking the doctor called the justice of the peace to hear her deathbed confession she claimed that mary was killed during a botched abortion the justice of the peace published a report that mary rogers had not been murdered but had died during a botched abortion procedure at the tavern well i mean better than outside yeah i suppose the details were not yet settled. It was possible that Mary's male companion that day was her physician. Oh, man. During the procedure, things went horribly wrong and Mary didn't survive. Mrs. Loss, the bar owner, may have then called in her sons to drag the body and sink it in the Hudson. No matter the details, the Justice of the Peace was convinced that finally he had discovered the real truth behind Mary's death. The case was never solved. But the abortion scenario prevailed as the true cause of Mary Rogers' death. This was in large part due to the public's rallying cry against the moral ineptitude of known abortionists. So, yay, they managed to politicize Mary's death, even in the 1800s. Well, abortion's always a good one. Yeah. And uh, they officially criminalized abortion in 1845. And, yeah, the... There's Edgar Allan Poe also kind of covered this in his own book, The Mystery of Marie Roget. He theorizes that a naval officer killed her. What is that? Yeah, but that might that might be code for something. I mean, yeah, because from that from the description of the actual swarthy naval officer, a yeah, swarthy naval swarthy. officer, swarthy. Mm. Um, if she was hanging out with all these high level people. And in fact, got pregnant or something like that. That I could mean, be motive. You know, it could be kind of one of those Phil Collins things where he's like, Tim, "Oh, that time Tim. Phil Collins killed that woman that he got pregnant." Sure. <laughs> no, that song. Oh, oh, it makes me laugh every time I think of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, he wouldn't be the first 
like literary figure to write a story that would call out people secretly, but not so secretly to people in the know. Yeah. So I mean, calling someone a swarthy naval officer. Yeah. That's that's a very I don't know. So he's implying he's basically implying the same thing. Your theory, the Joseph Morse guy. Yeah. He's implying that Morse did it. And but also possibly the abortion thing might have had something to do with it, or at least mm-hmm. he knew that she was pregnant. I mean, yeah, it makes total sense that she was killed for possibly being pregnant. Just because everybody says she wasn't pregnant doesn't mean she wasn't, or that she wasn't anymore because of an abortion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So either yeah. way, her career was pretty much over. <laughs> yeah. Which is the most important part of this is right. to note that her cigar yeah. selling days. Cut behind short her in her prime, I would argue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when she was really at the top of her game, mm-hmm. her cigar slinging game. Mm-hmm. Sad, really sad. Well, we knew it'd be Suddenly. sad. It's uh, it's um, the murder of a young woman. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty, the cigar lady. Typically, pretty sad stuff. So, yeah, that's uh, bummer. That's how true crime started. The beautiful cigar girl. See, I like that though. That that it's that it it kind of has all the elements of you know. Yeah, what we see come up over and over again. It's an attractive woman. It checks all the boxes. You know, there was an illicit affair going on. A lot of men that could have done it. Yeah, it's really interesting how after a woman dies, everybody's interested in how bad the guys were around her. But while she's alive, nobody really cares. Yeah, no one now, gives a shit. Nobody cares, <laughs> except yeah. for me. I'm always like, "Are you sure you want to see this guy?" And then I blackout drink and I yell at him. <laughs> that happened <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I yelled at a guy she was dating. Yeah. Nice. It made for an awkward um, rest of the night after she left. <laughs> How so? I know you, asshole. Oh, that's just Caitlin. Oh, I know you. And I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to follow her. She just stormed out. <laughs> I hated that guy. Oh, so we should wrap this up. We have to do two more of these we got today. This. Okay, let's do it. Today. I don't know when this one's coming out. So Who cares? Come to our live podcast the last Saturday of the month at the Hollywood Hotel, either December or January. Yeah. We do way. it all. And what else? Listen to White Wine True Crime. Definitely listen to it's White a Wine podcast. True Crime. That'd be nice. Yeah. We're almost through our killer our keepers. <laughs> our keepers about killing um kids. Kathy says KKK episodes. Gary <laughs> <laughs> just shut down and said the word episodes. <laughs> Fool me again. And twice as you. It's my fault. fault. The first time, the eighth time, Edgar Allan Poe. That's going on the tombstone. Carrie's got the longest tombstone. (laughs) It's just like one very long run-on episode sentence. (laughs) Episodes. Episodes. All right. (laughs) We're only through one. Nevermore. (laughs) That should just be nevermore, period, in quotations. (laughs) That is Edgar Allan Poe. Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, Actually, the Raven said that. Yeah, these millennials aren't going to know who said what. They don't know shit. It doesn't matter. All right, let's get out of here. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Caitlin, say goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Oh, my God.